Welcome to Behind the Mic, a show that spotlights WBOI volunteer hosts and the programs they produce. Today, host Julia Meek will interview Blacklight Radio host Bob Wagner. His show, co-hosted with Morrison Agin, introduces listeners to new music using an all-vinyl format. This interview was recorded in January of 2017. Bob Wagner, welcome. Hi, Julia. It's great to be here. Now, your weekly show, Blacklight Radio, is all about the vinyl music. So why does vinyl call your name? I've always been intrigued by records since I was a kid. I mean, I even have pictures of me three and four years old having the headphones on, sitting there listening to records. I don't know. It's magic to me. I mean, it's magic that something from another time and another place can show up in your ears and resonate in your mind. How long have you been a big advocate of it? I've been a big advocate recently for about the last three or four years. I mean, I'd always listened to records growing up like most of us did in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But once CDs came along, we were all talked into buying CDs instead. Or, you know, it's more convenient. And it is more convenient. But it resonated back to me when I had a turntable in my living room and my daughter, who was at the time about five or six years old, asked me what it was, and it had a bunch of stuff on top of it. I said, well, that's a turntable. And she said, what's that for? And I said, it's for playing records. She said, what are records? And I said, it's music. And she said, well, can we listen to one? And I said, yeah, I suppose so. So I pulled all the stuff off of it, went to the basement, because that's where the records were at that time, and grabbed something that I thought she would like, and I put it on. And she said, Daddy, it sounds like they're right in the room with you. And I was like, absolutely right. I said, they are in the room with you. And, you know, people want to talk about the warmer feel of vinyl. I really believe it is true. It's a nice, warm sound. Low tones, soft tones, high tones just sound amazing on vinyl. And translates well over the radio waves. Oh, yes. So you and your co-host, Morrison Egan, focus on obscure subgenres and titles from 1968 to Mm -hmm. 1974. Why this block of time? We feel that that is like the most creative time in music. That's when all the rule books kind of got thrown out and everybody moved away from doing uh, just regular pop music and started moving into broader things, more like jazz concepts and or orchestral concepts, you know, if you're talking about progressive rock. Is it fair to say that the psychedelic and the progressive and mm-hmm. avant-garde and everything, that is kind of your specialty? Oh, yeah. That's definitely our forte, and it's one of my favorite genres of music. Okay, Blacklight Radio is a great show name, pretty directly tied to the kind of music that you like mm-hmm. to share on the show. What does it specifically mean to you, the host? Blacklight Radio to me resembles, if anyone ever had an older sibling back during that time, like the basement space was theirs, <laughs> and there would be blacklight posters and a black light there, and, and the music was all meant for your head, you know what I mean? It wasn't meant for dancing, typically. It was meant for listening and, and finding your own space and that in-between-the-notes kind of thing. Is that what you feel you do, give people their own music for their own space? Exactly. That's the goal. I hope to introduce people to the music that's always been there that they didn't know was there. I want to introduce people to something else that they can connect with. And it, you like it to be on vinyl. Oh, definitely. Okay, you shamelessly admit to being <laughs> a vinyl junkie. What is that addiction in your mind? It is expensive is what it is. <laughs> It is going to the record store when you have very little cash and know that you have enough money for food this week, you have enough to cover your bills, you got this extra $20, $30, and you're like, man, that reissue just came out this week, and I could really go get it right now. 
So how much of the pleasure <laughs> of collecting this music is the hunt for it, whether it's old stuff that you find or new stuff that you're drooling over? The hunt is, is all of it for me. The thrill of finding something that you've never seen or never heard before or you've read about. I don't really get on eBay or any of the websites and just search out things I want. I like to go to the record store or to a record show you know, lots of different dealers there and find these records. To me, the goal is to find them and pull them out of the rack and say, what is this? Usually it's something that you've never heard of. And those are usually the best ones. It's either going to be the best one or it's going to be the worst one. Uh, But it's up to you, the junkie, to find out. Yes, that's right. And hopefully if it's in the great category, share it with your (laughs) listeners. Oh, yeah. For me, the last couple of years, that has been the most fun of doing the show. A lot of times I've found a record and didn't have chance to even hardly listen to it. I mean, I might have checked it enough for lyrics to make sure it was playable on the air. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, a lot of the times when I get a new record, it's like, it's new to me. It's going to be new to you, too. Hopefully you'll like it. That's a great way to, uh, well, please and surprise everybody, including yourself. Oh, yeah, (laughs) I think so. What about the vinyl revival happening now? Mm -hmm. How much of it really does find its way onto your turntables here at the station? It has found it in the shape and form of reissues. A lot of records that have been out of print for many years are coming out. A lot of private press records, you know, where there was only maybe a hundred of them made by some local band in, let's say, Baltimore or in England or wherever. I mean, a lot of times these bands only had enough money to make like maybe 50 of these records. And one of them somehow gets in the hands of a collector and they immediately become worth crazy amounts of money. The cool thing is is that these records are becoming reissues now, and people like me and you can see these records and buy them if we enjoy them. That's been the really cool thing about the whole rebirth of vinyl, so to speak. Everything is available now, which to me is fine. It's great to find that original one, but you can put that $1,000 back in your pocket I mean, <laughs> and just pay $25 if you really want to. You don't have to spend a lot of money. And nine times out of 10, it's going to be a better pressing of the record. It's going to be on thicker vinyl. And that makes it more durable, so you'll be able to enjoy it a lot longer. So when you're not doing radio, I know one thing you indulge in is visual, as a matter of fact, and that's uh, being projectionist for Heaven's Gateway Drugs. Right. How does this satisfy your art centricity? It really brings me close to their music, and it's almost like spiritual. I honestly believe that. I love doing the lights and everything. I feel like I'm being part of or contributing to what's going on on stage. I know I'm not a large contribution, but I know there's some of it that I'm responsible in bringing out on that. Certainly. And I am kind of curious, how did you get the name Dr. Bob and his ocular (laughs) odyssey? That came about because we were searching the band and I, well, what do we call this that that I do, you know? And uh, I started wearing a lab coat to gigs, mostly protect my clothes because... I work with a lot of oil and color and stuff and you know I didn't want to get it all over my clothes and then have it all over my clothes all night (laughs) and Derek guitar player started calling me Dr. Robert you know after the Beatles song Dr. Mm -hmm. Robert and then uh, Eric who was the drummer at that time came up with ocular odyssey and so it became Dr. Robert's ocular odyssey at that point as well it should have and I'm (laughs) glad that you have such a title and also that you've shared that with us that's just great (laughs) As regards your musical patience, mm-hmm. in your private music world, are there any other genres that you are attracted to that don't make it to the Blacklight Radio Show? Yeah, I actually, I really like a lot of the classic jazz, you know, the John Coltrane, Miles Davis. I like a lot of that. I don't bring too much to the show. Sometimes I'll throw something in occasionally. 
some of the more jamming band type elements like Fish and Grateful Dead. I love that stuff. I try to throw a little bit in, but I don't want to burden the show with it. You know, I don't want people to say, oh, he's just going to play another Fish record again. But I love that stuff. And I also love a lot of bands have picked up on this new thing. They're calling it stoner rock. I, I guess it's associated with certain things. But to me, it picks up where the original Black Sabbath left off with okay. doing a heavier, slower, just a heavier sound. Mm -hmm. It feels soulful. I don't know why, but it just does. And I like soul music as well. I mean, I like some of the newer stuff, you know, Sharon Jones, Charles Bradley. Sharon Jones, of course, you know, not with us, but man, their music is just amazing. And it's available on vinyl. Definitely. Definitely. I have lots of it. (laughs) And you like to share it. I do. We played a little bit here and there on the air. We try to sprinkle the show a little bit with other stuff just to see if anybody's going to bite and really take off on it. I love your strategy, and it certainly makes for a great show. If people hear something they love, they're going to continue to hear things they love. In the meantime, maybe that isn't their favorite thing, but something else is going to come along. Yes, very, very nice blending. Thank you. Yeah, we really try to jump a lot of those genres in that period. That's the magic. (laughs) Whether or not your fans are vinyl junkies and or vinyl collectors, what do you think is the best thing your weekly fix of Blacklight Radio brings to their world? I hope it brings them some time to relax and enjoy themselves and maybe experiment with some music that they've never heard before. That's what my biggest wish is. That's a wonderful wish. I uh, dare say that you're successful at it. And it certainly brings a pleasant surprise element (laughs) into people's lives. Good. Do you personally like surprises, by the way? I love surprises. (laughs) So it's only fair that you share them. Oh, yeah. I love to throw surprises out there, too. That's, That's my favorite. And good luck trying to figure out who I am because it's it goes everywhere. That's how I try to, when I want to relate to someone, if I could go through their, their music collection, I can usually pick apart who they really are. No, a that's degree. a great point. And how many vinyl recordings would you reckon you have in your own collection? Probably about 800. Not that large, really. It's a nice round <laughs> number, we could say, but again... My wife would probably disagree with you, but <laughs> she's told me, I, you only need 10. <laughs> I certainly understand that. Do you believe in tapes at all? I'm not a big fan of like cassette tapes, per se, only because I've had so many problems with cassette tapes. I mean, I think cassette tapes sound great, and I really don't have a problem with CDs either. You know, I like CDs as well. I have at least 3,000 CDs at home. Do you have any duplicates having the CD and then either already having or finding the vinyl? Yeah, a lot of the records I have, I had to get them on vinyl because I wanted to see the difference in what it sounded like. Because some of the records that I have, I only ever heard on CD, like because that was the only way you could get it. And now that the reissues have been happening, we're able to get all everything on vinyl again, which has been amazing. That's the greatest thing about living right now in this time period in history. Almost everything is available to us just at a touch of a button. That is a great point. And it goes back to the most important fact. If it's interesting and it's fairly obscure and it's on vinyl, you're going to share it on your radio show. Yeah, most definitely. Every time. Bob Wagner is producer host along with Morrison Egan of WBOI's weekly Black Light Radio. Bob, thank you so much for making time for us. And here's to music on vinyl on public radio. Thanks, Julia. Behind the Mic is hosted and produced by Julia Meek. You can find other Behind the Mic conversations at WBOI.org or wherever podcasts are found. And be sure to tune in to 89.1 FM for more NPR news and diverse music. Our music is by Mark Waldick. Thanks for listening.